We'll just turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. And the other portion is Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 11. So, Joshua chapter 2. I'm just going to go there first. Joshua chapter 2. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Joshua chapter 2 was 1. As I was um, praying um, a couple of minutes ago and seeking the Lord um, for His Word, um, to be given, God actually displayed um, the scene in front of me as a, as a little movie clip, and He said, "This is where um, I want you to um, speak from." That means the Spirit of God is going to speak from. This is the passage that we're going to get, and God is going to speak from here. So we're going to, and He told me two passages we're going to look at, and we are going to go into Joshua chapter two, and we're going to read from verse one. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Joshua chapter 2. Barry's going. And I'm going to read from verse 1. If you have your Bibles with you, please uh, open your Bibles and uh, look at it. It will be a blessing for you. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was, I'm going to go to one again. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly saying go view the land especially Jericho God Almighty was leading Joshua the Lord God who was with Moses now Moses had laid hands on Joshua and the spirit of Moses was the anointing of God that was upon Moses was transferred to Joshua Joshua was with Moses uh, during Moses' life on earth and his ministry, he was there with him. He was trained by God through Moses. And there was an anointing, a transfer, an impartation, a mantle that was given to Joshua through Moses, from Moses to Joshua. When this happened, the Spirit of God rested upon Moses, rested upon Joshua, speaking to him, teaching him, leading him, telling him what he needed to do in order to lead the people into the promised land. So God told Joshua here to send out two men. God told Joshua to send out two men over here to go and spy Jericho because God was going to give that land into their hands, to go and see how it is and how to go and, you know, how, what distance it is and, you know, what the route is and everything. So they went 
the two men who went based on God leading Joshua, receiving the instruction from Joshua, they're going. These two men were people of God who listened, who had faith, and who went with faith to spy Jericho. So they went and came to the house of the harlot named Rahab and lodged there. We must understand that these two Israelite men were sent by God, directed by God to go and spy Jericho and they were sent by God to go to Rahab's house, to go and lodge there. That means they just stayed there. They didn't involve in any sin. They didn't do anything wrong. There was no wrongdoing on their part. If they would have done anything, then they would have been defeated. God would have given them over to the enemies. Nothing of those sort of sin happened here. God directed them. Let me tell you this. This was all part of God's plan. Just like how the Bible says, Elijah was sent to the widow of Zarephath, not to any other widow there, and Elisha was sent to Naaman, the Syrian, not to any other leper there. These two spies were sent to stop at Rahab's house because God saw faith in Rahab. No matter who you are, no matter what you might have done, no matter what your background is, if you have a heart to leave your sinful past, if you are determined to do the right thing, if you are determined to follow Jesus Christ and give your all to God, God will be determined to bless you. He will be determined to pull you out of your mire, pull you out of where you are, to bless you and make you into a woman of faith or a man of faith. That's the promise from God. So don't let, let the devil fool you into thinking about your past, looking at your past. Don't live in the past. Look to the future that God has for you. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. Don't dwell in the past. Look to the future that God has for you. I repeat, don't dwell in the past, but look to the future that God has for you. It is important. If the devil wants to stop you from going into the future that God has for you, he'll make you turn and look to the past. Remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife turned back and she looked. What was the instruction? Do not look back. This is something that the Lord told his people also. Forget the former things in Isaiah. Don't think about the things of old or the past. Why? Because God is about to do something new. If God is about to do something new, then your eyes must be looking straight ahead. Your eyelids must look straight ahead. At what? At what God is about to do. Why? Because those are eyes of faith. When you have eyes of faith, you're going to look ahead and look at what God is about to do with great anticipation. But when you don't have eyes of faith, then you're going to be looking back because you're not expecting God doing anything new in your life. And you're looking at what was left behind, even though it's burning, even though it's destruction. 
And you call that delusion. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. You cannot go forward if you don't have the eyes of faith. In order for you to look straight ahead, in order for you to look towards the future that God has for you, you need to have faith. And we saw about faith this morning. If you were not there in the morning call, I encourage you to listen to the recording. If you were in the morning call and you really were not able to pay full attention because you're busy or you had to get ready or whatever, I encourage you to listen to the morning call's message. If you were there and you heard the morning call message and God had spoken to your heart, I encourage you to listen to it again so that God will highlight something new from it that you might have missed in the morning. It's a very important message because it ties and with what God is speaking to us at this hour. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God saw faith in Rahab. He saw faith in Rahab's heart. Something happened between the time the children of Israel left Egypt and God destroyed the Egyptian army Pharaoh and everyone in the middle of the Red Sea. Something happened in Rahab's heart. All the people over there, they all heard what happened. They were all filled with fear. But Rahab had something different that God said, I can actually change you, transform you, and I can actually use you to do something good for my people. But you can become a blessing, Rahab. Rahab, you were a stench. You were a stench. Your life was a stench. You were no good. Your reputation was bad. But I am here to transform your life. And I'm here to give you an opportunity to be a blessing to my people. The people of God. The people under the covenant of God. The holy people. Who? A person like Rahab? Yes. Not the way Rahab was. But the way Rahab will become. God looks at a person and he calls them is how God is going to change them into. And when the person is called by God and they go with the flow of the Spirit of God and says, I'm not going to be the way I was, but I'm going to be the way that God has called me to be. That means he's calling me by a new name. He's calling me to become his godly man or godly woman or whatever. God's child, God man and God's woman. I'm going to go in that direction. That means I'm not going to turn and look over here. So God sent these two men here and they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Now there's a clear warning over here. Nobody should be going to any harlot's house saying that, oh, two people in the Old Testament went there and, and because of that, Rahab was no more Rahab the prostitute that she became a child of God and so this is my ministry and I'm going there. Don't you even try doing that. Be very careful. Don't go in the path of sinners. These are rare things that God does. These are exceptions out of the rule. Where God uses his people like Joshua who walked with God, like Moses who walked with God to send these two people who are people of faith covered by God. Not for anything. Not to even go and evangelize. But just to do what God called them to do in the process she got saved. We must understand 
Holiness is your top priority. Living a life that is pleasing to God, living a life of purity is your business. It is my business. It is our chief business. When God tells us to do something, God himself will show us what we need to do, how we need to do to protect ourselves and not to cross the line anywhere. Nobody sat and said, oh, let's talk about the God of Israel and let's go and evangelize Rahab. No, that's not what happened here. Never go try to go into a bar and say, well, I'm going to go and try to evangelize, you know, the bartender over here. I'm going to go into a bar and go and see where these men are and try to go and evangelize them there. Oh, I have so much burden for, you know, all these prostitutes. Don't even try that. You be a light where you are. God will bring people to where you are. There's an exception here. Where God through His anointing, He's moving here. Be very, very, very careful. Don't say, well, I'm going to go, you know, to the place where all the drug addicts are. And I'm going to, if you had a problem before with drugs, don't you go there. If you had a problem with alcohol before, don't you go there. If you had a problem with women, don't try to evangelize women. Do not do that. If you have problem with men, don't try to evangelize men. That's not your territory. Well, there are plenty of women you can evangelize. There are plenty of men men can evangelize. Don't put yourself in a place where Satan can take you down. It's important for you to have your own boundaries where you protect yourself, especially those who have problems in that area. Don't cross the line. In the name of evangelism, you have to be very careful. These were holy men of God who are very strong in faith and strong in character. God sends them there with a mission. And the mission was to just go there, hide in that house and get out. That's about it. Their conversation was very limited. It was running for their lives basically. And it was a place where they just halted. We have to understand when God leads us, He will lead us precisely and His leading will always take us closer to God and lead us into victory. And it will always have moral purity. Understand that. Never try to look for a wiggle room because that is Satan's loophole to put a noose around your neck to pull you down into hellfire. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Never try to sympathize Satan. Satan will send men, he will send women to opposite sex to drag them down. Permanently, be very careful. Stay in your court. Stay in your yard. Stay within your fence. If you are married, stay within your boundary. If you are not married, stay within your boundary. God has a set boundary for every single person so that they can be well protected. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. So what happens here? These two people sent by God through Joshua came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. They were on a mission. Mission was to go spy the land. That's about it. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. 
Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with, with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. This is happening here. The spies stayed there in Rahab's house. First of all, the Bible doesn't say that, oh, they knew that this was a harlot's house and they went there. No, they went into this house. Wherever God led, they went into this house and they hid themselves there. They were on a mission. They had to go to spy the land. And it happened to be Rahab's house because God had ordained it that way. The king knew that these men came here and he's trying to get them. But when the king was trying to get them, Rahab does something. She completely distracts the people who came there and she protects the people of God and she acts as, as if she is an Israelite woman. Why? Because she had faith in the God of Israel. Instead of supporting her king of Jericho, she's doing something different. And uh, she was a woman who belonged to Jericho. She was not an Israelite woman. But she is doing something opposite. Not even fearing for her own life. By faith, what is she doing? She is redirecting the king's men who came there. To go some other way, saying, hey, they all went out there, pursue them there, go, 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 go. What if they would have said, nope, we're going to search your house. What if they said that we're going to search and they find these two people. But she had faith that I'm going to do this and I'm going to protect them and they won't be found. Because she had faith in the God of Israel, she took that measure of putting her life at risk. She said, I know I could be caught. I know something can happen to me, but I'm going to do this because I know this God of Israel. He's really big. He drowned Pharaoh and his army in the middle of the Red Sea. He's really, really, really big. By faith, she had faith in the God of Israel. When we have faith in our God, we will be willing to do anything. We'll take any risk. We won't think about our lives at that point because we know that our lives are in the hands of God Almighty. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. We will do that which is right before God. Not right before man, right before God. That's what truth is. Truth is standing by His Word. Truth is doing it right before God. And so what happens here? Let's just continue. She, 
Let's go to verse 6. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid, hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, before they came, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord had, has given you the land. How did she know that? She's saying, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Well, she's talking as if she was a prophetess or something who knew already what was going to happen. Something had taken place in Rahab's life. When? Let's see this. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land, the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihan and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. You see where her faith is? Something happened when she heard the news of what God did to the enemies of his people. Something happened. In the rest of the people in her land, their hearts were all troubled and they all were scared. Hearts were filled with fear. In Rahab's heart too, there was trouble. When she heard, oh, this is what happened and they're coming here. But you know what? She was a wise woman. She was a very wise woman. She said, He is the real God. If He is the real God and He is protecting the Israelites and He destroyed the enemies, I'll take Him to be my protector. If I take Him to be my protector, then I shall be protected. A wise woman. A woman who had faith. She believed in the God of heaven and earth. She believed in the God of Israel. And she said, I will take Him to be my God. Yes, He is their God. But I'm going to take Him to be my God. Because I don't want to be destroyed. See, we make the choice whether we want to live or whether we want to die. Rahab made the choice. She said, I'm not going to perish with the rest of my people. I'm going to live. There are many people in this world who live as if there's no God. There are many people in this world, they have no idea of who the real God is. Nor do they care to know who the real God is. But there are some people who hear who the real God is. And they believe in what they hear. As a result of that, they take action. And as a result of that, they escape the coming judgment of God. This is something that the Lord spoke to us this morning, how Moses heard from his mother, 
who this real God is. And because of that, his faith grew because he believed. It's important for us to believe what God says. It's important for us to believe what we read in the Word of God. It's important for us to believe what we hear when we hear the message that comes from God, whether it's during the Sunday service or during the morning calls or during the Bible studies or during the fasting prayer. It's important for us to mix our faith with what we hear when it comes from the Spirit of God to our spirits. Very important. That's when the faith will grow because it's God's faith that's being imparted into us and there's an expansion that takes place when the faith of God mixes into mixes with our spirits, gets into our spirits and becomes one with our spirit. Now, verse 11, I want to read one more time. And as soon as we heard these things, what was it? How God destroyed the Egyptians and also again. Um, Sihan, the king of the Amorites we know will be next she already determined that God has given Jericho into the hands of his people it's a blessing when we are God's people people who don't even know the Lord will know that God is on your side if God is on your side both day and night we don't have to fear anything. Yes, we'll have the walls of Jericho. Yes, we'll have the king of Jericho. But we have the king of kings and the lord of lords who created this entire world by his word. The king of kings and the lord of lords who is bigger than the king of Jericho is with us. That's the benefit when we have God to be our God. When we become his children. So, Verse 11, And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show me kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death she was not a selfish woman she was not someone who said oh well just deliver me I'll just become an Israelite woman I'll just come with you and then I'll just escape forget about my family no she was a woman who cared for her own people she had burden for her father for her mother for her brothers, for her sisters, and all those who depended on her, who were with her. And she's saying, deliver all our life. She was an intercessor. Think about yourself. She interceded for her family and she got her prayer answered. If you intercede for your family with a true burden, God will answer your prayer. God will deliver, not only you, God will deliver your family. It is important to pray, intercede and pray. It's important to intercede and pray. She was a, a true woman of faith who not only believed God for herself, but he, she believed God for her family. God wants you to be a believer who believes God not only for yourself, but also for your family. Even when it looks impossible. Are you willing to believe God for your family? Even when it looks impossible, are you willing to believe God for yourself? 
for God to protect you, deliver you and deliver your family. It was like as if she was asking for something impossible. She is not only not an Israelite woman, but she is someone that the society would despise. Yet, she put herself at a place where she did the will of God. And because of that, she was able to say, I did this, so please have mercy on me. She was not demanding. She was pleading. This is how prayer should be. We should do the will of God and come to the Lord and ask Him, request Him. Say, Lord, as David has said many times in the Bible, Lord, see my integrity. Lord, see I've walked, how I've walked before you. See, Lord, how I kept your commandments. It's not an arrogant way saying that, oh, I did it, so you need to do that. No. It's with humility coming saying, Lord, you see how sincere I was. You see, Lord, how I did not do unrighteous things. Lord, you see, Lord, how I kept my vows. You see how I kept, my, kept, kept your commandments. God hears that and God answers it because He really sees these were all the things you really did. And because you did, because you did it out of faith, and now you're coming and talking to God and you're asking Him, you're pleading with Him. Because you have faith, because you know that He will answer you. See, it's all by faith. Because you know He will answer you, you're asking Him, Lord, save me, save my family. Lord, I'm in distress, help me. Lord, heal me. Whatever you're asking, you're asking God because you believe in Him. So when you believe in Him and when you ask Him, God will grant you what you've asked because you believed in Him. You believed in His Word. So the men answered her, Our lives, verse 14, for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be, when the Lord has given us a land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Now these men who came, are men of God, directed by God. They were not doing their own thing. So when she is pleading with these men for them to preserve her life so that she and her family will not die with the rest of the people in her nation, these two men were moved by God to make a deal with her saying that if you don't betray us, you and all your family, you want all your family to all be saved, then they also should be faithful. It's important. A lot of times people claim the verse, oh, as for me and my household, we'll, save, we'll be saved. That means, you know, I'll go to church, the rest of the people don't have to follow God, and somehow they'll all get to heaven. No, it doesn't happen that way. Just like how you believe, your family should believe also. You need to intercede and pray for them and also convey to them what God wants you to convey to your family. That's what Rahab did. Rahab heard what God spoke through these spies, men of God, to her as to what she should do in order to preserve herself and what her family should do in order to preserve themselves. They should not go and tell anyone that these spies were here. She shouldn't do it. They shouldn't do it. If they abide by that condition, then they will live. It's important for you not only to intercede for your people, it's important for you to share the truth with your people. It's important. It's important to intercede for your people, and it is important to share the truth with your people. That's what Rahab did. When you intercede for your people, God will speak to your hearts, and He will tell you what you need to tell to your people, just like how God used these two servants of God to Rahab to speak to 
to her people what they should do and what they should not do verse 15 then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall she dwelt on the wall and she said to them get to the mountain lest the pursuers meet you hide there 3 days until the pursuers have returned afterward you may go your way the men said to her we will be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made us swear unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down unless you bring your father your mother your brothers and all your father's household to your home so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street his blood shall be on his own head and we will be guiltless and whoever is with you in the house his blood shall be on his on our head if a hand is laid on him and if you tell this business of ours then we will be free from your oath which you have made us swear then she said according to your words so be it and she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in the window praise be to god and stop right here these two men led by god sent by joshua came to rehab's house and the king of jericho came after them because they came to spy the land sent by god and god had rehab there to provide for them a way of escape and god used them in rehab's life to get her out so that by faith she can inherit the promise that god had for her so that she can receive the place that god had for her in the kingdom of god look at the love that god had when god sees faith and sincerity in anyone no matter what the background is god will come to their rescue not only will they res- not only will he rescue them but he will give them a place in the kingdom of god that's how loving our god is he is without partiality he's looking for people of faith and people of action people who will obey him now these two men directed by god they're making a deal with rehab they're saying you want your parents and your sister and your brothers all of them to be saved make sure they all stay with you make sure they're all in your house if they are there then they're not going to die but if they're not going to be there then they're all going to die what's the meaning of that just as rehab had faith in god in the god of israel and had faith in the words of these two men who said that they would protect them her parents her brother her sister they all needed to exercise their own faith in order for them to live but that they all need to be in rehab's house only if they believe what these guys said and not blurt out anything outside and stay inside do these things it will show that they really have faith only if they have faith they'll do those things if they don't have faith they're going to say oh rehab you you carry on i'm not going to stay here we have other things to do we have to go here we have to go there you we're so busy no if there's more important than you cut everything down and you do the most important thing not only rehab's faith was necessary for rehab to save herself rehab's faith was essential for the salvation of her family 
in order for that to happen. She had to use her faith to intercede for her family. And as she interceded, she had to receive, she had to hear from God through these two servants of God who were there and get that counsel and give it to her family. When she gives it to her family in order to protect them, now the family members have their own responsibility to exercise their faith, whether to believe what Rahab said from what she heard through the servants of God or not to believe. If they choose to believe what will happen, they will do what Rahab told them to do, which is to stay in the house and not say anything to anyone. Then, they will fall under the covenant or the promise or the oath that God made through these two servants of God that God sent over here with Rahab. And because she believed, she did what was told to her. Put that scarlet thread right there. Scarlet rope right there. Leave it there hanging. And because she feared God, she made sure that these two servants of God went back safe to their place. So she said, make sure you go there and hide there for three days and then go and make sure they don't see you and do this and they won't see you. She was not somebody who said, oh, as long as I let them out of my house and thank God I won't get caught by my king and, and I'm not going to be in trouble. She was not like that. She was someone who genuinely cared for her family members and also for God's people. When a person genuinely cares for not only their own but for God's servants and for God's people, God will take care of them. That's why God took care of Rahab in such a way that she got a place in God's word, in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. What an honor for a woman who was like a stench in her society. This is what God will do to all those who would make God their dwelling place. All those who would say, Lord, I'm going to come under your wings. To all those who would say, Lord, I will worship you and you alone. And I will intercede for my family. And I will intercede for the servants of God. And I will make sure that my family is protected and the servants of God are protected. I'm not going to be a self-centered person. I'm going to make sure that your people are safe. I'm going to make sure that my people don't go to hell. And I'm going to be on my knees before you. And I will do what you tell me to do, Lord. And I will be that vessel in your hands, useful. As Rahab was useful where she was to God. God took her out of where she was and placed her among his people and made her a useful vessel in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we close, the Spirit of the Lord wants me to take you to Hebrews chapter 11, so we're going to go there. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I am going to read Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read from verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So, what happened? There were people 
who heard the same thing Rahab heard, but chose not to believe, and as a result they perished. Rahab heard the same thing, but she chose to believe, and as a result of that, as a result of that, she lived. And God speak to our hearts at this hour. This is very similar to what God spoke to us this morning. Where the Lord said how the children of Israel had faith and they passed through the Red Sea by faith. Pharaoh and his army had faith too. They had faith that, oh, this will be open until we pass through too. Uh, what was that faith? Kind of weird faith. Because it's the God of Israel who is keeping this open for his people. And these are God's enemy and they're having faith that he's going to be having this open so that these people can chase after the children of Israel and kill them, his people. What kind of faith is that? You call it a delusion. When they see that God is against them, but they still think that I can still use what God is giving to his people to kill his people. If anyone would think that I would use what God is giving to his people to kill his people, they're wrong. Because that very thing that they try to use against God's people, which God is using to preserve and to prosper his people, will become the deathbed for God's enemies. It's a prophecy. The very same thing the enemy tries to take, which God used to bless his people, and he thinks that I'm going to take this in order to kill his people, will become a platform or a deathbed for the enemies of God who take God's blessings that God has given to his people to use that to destroy God's people. What happened? God destroyed Pharaoh and his army in the middle of the Red Sea and it did not happen according to what they believed. They believed that they would pass through and they would go and catch the children of Israel. It didn't happen. So, everyone believing in whatever, believe in yourself and you believe and you believe in all things are possible if you believe. Is that true? No. All things are possible to people who believe in the living God, in His word, according to His command. Then it's possible. Simply believing is not going to do anything because we're not God's. Praise be to God. So Rahab had faith and she exercised her faith by obeying what she was told when she heard the news that God brought to her. And you have a group of people there who heard the same news that she heard but they did not believe. And as a result of that, now they all perished and Rahab lived. God is speaking to our hearts today. We all have a choice to make. Whether we're going to live or whether we're not going to live solely depends on whether we believe in God, His Word or not. We can say, I believe in God, but our actions must show that we really believe in God. Our words should match our actions. And as we follow God, as we do the right thing, as Rahab did, God will come and stand with us. God will come and do that which is necessary for us. God will come and do that which God alone can do in our lives in order to not only rescue you and deliver you, but to 
bless you and make you a blessing in his house. In his house. In the household of faith. He said, I saw faith in you and I brought you into the household of faith. Not the Israelites, even the Israelites during her period got their names in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, but Rahab did. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. This is why Jesus said this. We read this um, probably last week. Many come from the east and from the west, and they come and they sit with Abraham. But the children of Israel, children of the kingdom supposedly, who should be in are cast out. May God help us never to be that way. May God help us to have that faith that God is looking for, the active faith. And really do what God has called us to do within the time frame that God has called us to. Be like Rahab, not just self-centered, but to be God-centered to intercede for the family, to see what the family needs, to intercede for them, to see what the need for God's servants is, to do that which is necessary by being there for them, like how Rahab was. She made sure that they don't get caught. She made sure that they cross and they go to safety. She was not someone who was self-centered, who said, I don't care whether my mom is going to come or not, my dad is going to come or not, I don't know, it's on them, no. She received the instruction from the servants of God and conveyed it to her family. Not only was she an intercessor, but she did her part in the salvation of her family. As God's people, we have these two roles to play in the kingdom of God. One is our role in the lives of those who are unsaved in our family. And the other role is our role in the lives of His people in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God. As God's people, we have God's family and we have our own unsaved family. In our own unsaved family, we have a role to play, which is intercede and receive from God and speak to them when God wants us to in a manner that He wants us to in order to rescue them from eternal death eternal hellfire on the other side we belong to God's family and we need to make sure that our spiritual family is safe we need to make sure that we pray for our spiritual family we pray for the servants of God we pray for the safety of God's family and make sure make sure not just say bye but make sure that you do your part pray pray and pray and do that which is right before God for your family earthly family who is not saved and the spiritual family which is the family of God that God has given you that you do your part in their safety their well-being their living and your earthly family their living their safety God will bless us people who are 
unselfish and who live for God, who do that which is pleasing to God, will be blessed like how Rahab was blessed. God will place them in His kingdom unlike any other because He sees faith and He sees unselfishness and He sees a burden genuine burden for God's people and for the unsaved family. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. You're so true. You're so compassionate. There's no one like you. Lord, I thank you for speaking to us again. You speak so marvelously every single time. You speak so gloriously every single time. Your word imparts faith into our hearts. Your word imparts faith into our hearts. Faith to live a God-pleasing life. Thank you, Father. We pray that you will bless your people, Lord, this night. Draw each one closer to you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Spirit of God take this word that you have given deep into the hearts of your people. That each may walk in the light as you are in the light. And have a burden for your people. And have a burden for unsaved family members. And be true intercessors. Who pray day and night would hear from you and do what you are telling them to do for the salvation of their families. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless us, Lord, I pray. Send your people with your blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, as your servant of God, I bless your people of this hour with your blessing that you alone can bless them with. That goodness and mercy may follow them, O Lord, all the days of their lives. Keep them from evil, Lord, I pray. Keep them from grieving you. And keep them away from anything that would grieve them, O Lord. Bless them and their families. May this word that you have spoken to them continue to ring in their hearts that they may have a deeper understanding of what you have spoken, Lord, today. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.